It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Many of us live life stressed out, ready to be triggered, but are we really at the mercy of something outside us? According to today's guest, Guy Finley, stress is an unseen killer that crushes its victims with the pressure of their own thoughts. When we understand where those thoughts come from and what they really mean, that pressure is released. Guy joins us today to give us tools to help us live a stress-free life. Guy is an internationally renowned spiritual teacher and best-selling self-help author. Welcome, Guy. Thank you so much for coming back on the show. Thank you, Joan. It's nice to be with you again. I always enjoy our conversations, Guy, and I think that today's discussion is going to be particularly important because so many of us are on edge. We're anxious, we're sad, we're nervous, we're just waiting for something bad to happen. And with everything that's happening with the coronavirus and and so much sickness, more than ever, it's easy to get caught up in the negative thought patterns. You say that when we understand where those thoughts come from and what they really mean, that the pressure is released. So can you explain what it is that you mean when you say that the pressure is released? I'd be happy to, Joan. It isn't something that most of us think about or realize, but Joan, we all live literally in a world the size of our understanding. And when our present level of understanding includes the essentially mistaken belief that our psychological, emotional well-being depends upon the conditions unfolding outside of us, then because of that mistaken dependency for our sense of well-being on people and places and conditions outside of us, that, that limited understanding limits us to a very small set of reactions. And that's what we're held captive by. We don't understand yet that we can have an understanding of ourselves that instead of being limited by its perception, is made limitless in its ability to use these problems, these really painful moments in time, to our advantage. That's why it's always been said, at least in the Far East and more older religions and teachings, the word crisis is also the word for opportunity. That's what we're exploring. And I know, Guy, I have spent so much of my life with the expectations of the way things are or were supposed to be. And when it didn't turn out the way I expected it to, that caused so much stress and anxiety and pain and worry and and any word that you can come up with along that those lines. And <laughs> And that's really because I had this vision of how I thought it should be. Yes. Here's a little simple way of getting our hands on this idea. Stress exists because we insist. Stress exists because we insist. 
And that isn't to say that the stress that we feel isn't debilitating because it is. But when we can begin to get our minds wrapped around real knowledge, self-knowledge, then we experience the release from that stress because we understand the mistaken identity derived out of uns- out of insisting on things that we do. Look, we can't get negative, stressed out, without having something in us, as you just pointed out, that meets a moment already sure of how that moment is supposed to unfold. So that when the moment doesn't go the way we have imagined it, we believe the pain we're experiencing is because of the content of the moment. But the moment and the content doesn't exist as a stressful factor unless some part of us in the, in the, in the dark of us is clinging to that expectation as the only possibility for our happiness and contentment. As we see these things, we are released from that mistaken identity because that's what it boils down to, Joan, is literally it's, it's a, an identity crisis that we don't have to go through once we understand that that sense of ourself is derived from a mistaken idea about life and ourselves. And that changes everything, Guy, because it gives us back the power. We're thinking we're a victim and powerless, but it's what we're setting ourselves up for, so then we can shift it. Exactly. 100% correct. No moment in and of itself has any authority over our mind, heart, or body. Our responsibility, if we want to be released from what feels like the captivity uh, of the COVID virus, of being quarantined, and God forbid losing our job or our health, our authentic power is to recognize that we can use these very same moments to enter into the, how shall I say, the level of consciousness, the way we understand the moment and change our understanding. When we change the nature of the perceiver, we change the strength of the problem produced by that mistaken perception. Okay, so we understand a a little bit better now the why. So when we feel ourselves getting stressed out, what is something that we can do? Is there a practice that you can teach us to help us break the cycle? Yes, I think the first thing that we need to do, and it's always, look, Joan, everybody, until we have new self-knowledge, we cannot expect any way in which we're going to see the world in a new way. We see the world around us through our understanding of it. So that when we change the understanding, as I'm about to describe, then we can begin to change the way in which we relate to the world. Here is a very important idea, everybody. We believe that, for instance, wishing that things aren't the way they are, regretting, resisting our situation, is the same as somehow or other separating ourselves from the condition we don't want. It's, it's, it's common. It's familiar. For instance, I wish I wasn't feeling this way. But Joan and everybody, when we are sitting at home, at the office, driving somewhere, and 
wishing that we weren't going through what we're going through. Joan, as advocate for the listener, where is my attention in the moment where I'm wishing that my life wasn't so bad? Mm-hmm. On what is my attention? Well, I mean, I know in, in my case, it's usually what I don't want to have happen is what I'm giving all of my yes, attention yes, to. Yes, exactly. So I'm literally staring at and identifying 100% with the very thing that's making me feel like I don't want to feel, right? It's right. like going to a museum and out of 100 pictures on the wall, sitting down and staring at the one that I hate the most. So who's responsible the museum or me because I'm my mind belongs to something I'm not aware of and it is busy at being attracted to and then deriving an identity from the very thing that say me god I don't want to feel like this well if I want to stop feeling like I'm feeling let me take my attention back and place it on something that is positive constructive and upward heading instead of downward dragging Right. And that's the last thing that we do. You're right. Because we're unconscious, Joan. Right. We just, we literally don't want to accept the fact that our mind and the stress in it goes on the way it does because we're not present to ourselves. We believe that the pain we feel over the predicament we're in is inescapable when we are secretly complicit in the continuation of that conflict. If we even get an inkling of that idea and see the truth of it, we're on our way to a new kind of freedom from stress and anxiety. Guy, like so many of us, you know, I was talking before about how I thought there was a particular way that my life was going to play out. And when it did, I had to make the types of decisions and adjustments that you've been describing. I, I had to do the work. And when you were younger, you thought your life was heading in a different direction. You were raised in Hollywood, and you had a music career, and, you know, you had expectations of how things were to be as well. When did you realize that what you were holding on to didn't serve you well, and then how did you make those changes? I love the question, Joan. Look, and you will, I'm sure, uh, go and and say that you know the following is true. The the saying that um, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Well, how many times does the teacher have to appear with the same lesson before the pain in that lesson is recognized as being evidence that it's time to let go of, and this is key, not necessarily the the thing itself, but the part of me that's clinging to it. For instance, a lot of us suffer, as you've described, over life suddenly throwing the the Mm curveball. How did I wind up without a job? How did I wind up worried about my health to the extent that I'm worrying so much I'm ruining my health? How do these things happen to us, and when do we learn the lesson in them? When it lasts, as I believe it was, uh, there's an old saying, the definition of insanity is you keep doing the same thing, hoping for a different outcome. So when we fight with the condition 
and change our plan, our approach, all the things connected to the, the, the pain of the moment, and nothing changes, but the pain remains, we need to get the idea that we don't fully understand what the real situation is, because we can't separate the situation we're experiencing from the level of self that is giving us that experience. Joan, we don't look in a mirror and expect what we see in the mirror to be different than the one standing in front of it. But we look out at this world, this life, and expect it to be different than the way we're experiencing ourselves in it. We have to wake up. Guy, when someone practices what you teach, what can their life look like? Every single day, a new lesson, a new revelation, and a new kind of release from who and what we were the day before. We are meant, Joan, every day of our lives to not reject the revelation of the moment, meaning, what is this moment teaching me about myself right now? Not, what do I want from this moment that it's not giving me, but what does my insistence about the moment bring me because of that part of me demanding what it does. As we make the grand connection that our experience of life cannot be separated from the demands we place upon it, then we discover a new kind of success where we're not denied what it is that our heart and, and mind longs for, but rather we receive moment to moment those kind of rewards that come with doing what? Changing what it is that we want from life. Because as we recognize, life is actually trying to give us a contentment, a consolation, a freedom that we can't give ourselves because of the demands we have. We drop the demands. And as we wake up that way, lo and behold, we are given the power to walk away from the, the, these painful uh, states of stress, worry, fear, all of which are borne by a certain unseen insistence we have on life. When you had said before, when, when you quoted, when the student is ready, the teacher appears, that is exactly what happened to me as well, because when I went through all of that pain and loss, and, and I was at that point where, you know, I describe it as a fork in the road, but I knew that I couldn't stay where I was any longer, and I didn't want to. And that was what it right. took for me to make the change. But you're yes. right. When, when you look and you're ready, the answers do come. There's no question about it. it and, and the beautiful thing is, Joan, and you're alluding to it, it really isn't that the answers come. <laughs> it's that they've always been spread out on a, a feast table right in front of us. Right. It's just that right. we don't, <laughs> we just, there's something in us that just goes, no, I don't want that. Right. But when the pain gets too bad and we finally realize that holding on is what hurts, not the moment itself, but holding on to our idea about how people are supposed to be, how the, this government or this political party or these, whatever it is, they're not progressing the way I want them to. We can understand. Doesn't mean that I don't have preferences, 
But when we start to understand that unconscious preference is the source of our pain, then we can begin to let go of that identification with that part of us that says, unless the world goes the way we want it to go, we're going to go to hell in a handbasket. Well, who wants to take themselves down into some dark state because they're, they're clinging to an anchor that they don't recognize as being one? That's really that simple. Guy, you have a new e-course out that's entitled Secrets of Success Without Stress. Can you tell us a little bit about this program? I'd be happy to. This idea of success without stress all points to the factor that we've been looking at together, that our experience of life is a derivative of the way in which we see it. And until we change the way we see life, we're not going to change the way we experience it. So the real interior work isn't struggling to try to get the world to line up with our expectations, but rather to become conscious of this part of us that has already lined out exactly what it believes it must have to be happy, so that in the recognition that the bitterness, the sense of having life broken up into pieces, is a result of these beliefs we have, then we begin to let go of the beliefs that are breaking us down. The world isn't breaking us down. We are clinging to something that is holding us down. Success without stress is the recognition that life is actually set up for our success, that every moment brings to us as the true teacher, the revelations we need to release ourselves from a mistaken identity. The more release we experience, the more relief we have, the more relief, the more we realize we were created to be successful men and women in the spiritual sense. And until we have that success, it doesn't matter what we take from the world. And once again, Guy's e-course is Secrets of Success Without Stress. If you would like to learn more about this program or any of Guy's programs, his books, or any of his work, you can visit GuyFinley.org. And that site is a wealth of information. Again, that's GuyFinley.org. Or as always, you can visit our website, CYACYL.com, which stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. Guy, thank you so much for spending this time with us. I always enjoy speaking with you. As I do with you, Joan, because your questions are always good ones, and we have a good time. It goes too quick, but we'll have another one maybe soon. That's okay. We'll have you back on very soon. So again, thank you. Thanks a lot. Be well. This is Conversations with Joan. Until next time, thanks for tuning in.